welcome to episode 26 of the Press Forward podcast. I'm Nathan Wrigley and I'd like to thank you for joining us again. And if this is your first time with us, I hope that you like it and that you find it useful. I suppose that 26 episodes is a milestone of sorts. Half a year. Wow, where did that time go? We'd love it if you added us to your list of podcasts that you consume regularly. You can do that by subscribing to us on your favourite podcast player. And this can be done by going to wpnop.org forward slash podcast dash feed. Today we're going to be talking to Jason Resnick. But before that, let me tell you a little bit about why we're making this podcast. The Press Forward podcast is created by WP and Up. We're a non-profit working in the WordPress space to help you, your colleagues, in fact anyone. The work is just beginning, and today I want to ask you for your help. We're running a campaign called Hashtag Never Give Up. You see, the services that WP and Up provides are incredibly valuable. They help and support many people, but they come at a cost. We know that our community needs the support that we provide because it's being requested frequently, and we hear the stories that come off the back of the support provided. As you might expect, these support services come at a cost. It cannot be done for free. Thanks to the likes of Green Geeks and WPMU Dev, we've been able to get to where we are now. But if WPNOP is to continue offering support, we need more financial help. You can head to wpnop.org forward slash never give up to find out more about exactly what an organisation like WPNOP costs to maintain. From there, you might like to head over to wpnup.org forward slash donate and donate something yourself. It doesn't need to be a lot. Just a few dollars will help provide phone support or keep our online support community open. So please help us so that we can continue to support our wonderful WordPress community. Those URLs again, wpnup.org forward slash never give up and wpnup.org forward slash donate. Thank you. The Press Forward podcast is brought to you today by Green Geeks. Green Geeks offers an awesome managed web hosting platform that's built for speed, security, and scalability whilst being environmentally friendly. Enjoy a better web hosting experience for your WordPress website, backed by 24-7 expert support. And we thank Green Geeks for helping us to put on the Press Forward podcast. Today we hear from Jason Resnick. As is so often the case with this podcast, it touches on many areas of Jason's life. We go right back to the beginning and learn about his childhood fascination with technology. How this meant that he spent quite long periods of time by himself, playing with his gadgets. We also talk about how his parents' divorce affected him, both in the past and now. We then jump forwards and get into a discussion about how he has coped with episodes of depression, and how he has been able to get support from himself and his close family. So this is a trigger warning that this episode discusses depression and divorce. 
And so, without further ado, Jason Resnick, please introduce yourself. Hey, my name is Jason Resnick. I am a web developer and also online coach and mentor for other web developers and designers. I've run my own business at res.com. That's with three Z's, by the way, for the past nine years. And I help establish online businesses, get more customers, get more repeat customers, and build raving fans through behavioral marketing and email automation. And as I said, I also help other developers and designers focus in on their specialty so that they can build predictable income so that they can build the business around the the life that they design. So Jason works with the web and has done for many years. He's got a background in development, but also has an interest in working with other developers to assist them marketing themselves. I wanted to know if Jason worked with WordPress exclusively or with anything that was on the internet. I definitely work with WordPress for the most part, specifically WooCommerce. I've really niched down on that. And I work with ConvertKit and Drip, specifically in the email automation side of things. I wanted to rewind Jason's story and start right near the beginning. When I was at school, I was into the technology side of things. I wanted to have the latest digital watch and the calculator with the most buttons. I'm sure that many of you can identify with this. Perhaps Jason can too. I think I was always a geek at some level. I was a unique one though, because I was very athletic. So I played a lot of sports and and in school as, you know, as teenagers, sometimes you fall into one camp or another. I told the line between the two. And so now that you, you know, now that I think about it and reflecting back on it, There's a few things in my life where I've towed the line and blended well and has served me well. So technology for me has always been a big part of my life. Um, I was a video game geek or addict, if you will, for as a kid. Yeah, I played. I love baseball. That's my sport still. You know, played hockey, basketball. But yeah, I mean, I, I skateboarded aggressive in line. You know, I was I'm still active. You know, I'm active with my children as well. But, you know, being a geek, I play with Arduino boards and things of that nature. And, you know, with my nephew, I build um, these, I guess they're, I think the company's called Little Bits. And they are like these kits that magnetize together. But each little part is like a light or a switch or a some sort of mechanism that kind of when you put them all together, they do things. And so, you know, I like to spend time you know, obviously with my nephew, but as my sons grow, you know, they're, my oldest one is two at this point in time, but as they grow up, if that's something of interest to them, um, I'd love to explore that with them as well. I was always very, I had like, I still do a very much of an engineer mindset and how my brain works. I always like to try to explore that, like how things work, um, and reverse engineer them and break them and put them back together and things of that nature. And so, yeah, I mean, while I loved all the sports that I played, I, I knew I'm not going to become a professional. Right? But, you know, for me, I mean, through high school, to be quite honest with you, and, you know, this was the early 90s, my father was essentially absent at this point in time. My parents were divorced. And, you know, with a single mom, like college for me was, it was going to be a huge expense and burden on the family essentially. You know, I, I 
pulled good grades. Um, so I kind of just went to where gravitated towards the, the math and science and engineering aspects of it. I had an older cousin that became a mechanical engineer. Um, so his guidance kind of helped me steer in that direction. But as far as what I wanted to do in high school, I did, had no clue. Like there was, I was like, I guess I could be a mechanical engineer because Steve was, and I kind of had the same, you know, liked math and science and such, you know, even at that time, the, the internet wasn't even a thing, you know? So like, I had no idea and that didn't come around until a couple of years into college where the internet was even a thing. Like you could even make a web page and such. And, you know, I kind of steered in that direction, but technology for me, I knew at a very young age, even I distinctly remember when I was 14, I was at work at a fabric store. Yeah, that's where every 14-year-old boy wants to be, right? I was working at a fabric store, sitting on the on the floor organizing zippers, I believe it was. I said to myself, I just, as an adult, I want to be in control of my own time and not do wake up every day loathing something that I have to do that day. And so I knew at that young age that at least I wanted some sort of time freedom or flexibility or control in my life to be able to do the things that I wanted to do. Now, at that time, I had no idea what that meant, really, or what that was going to look like. But as I progressed through high school and college and such and the advent of the Internet, I was like, hey, I potentially could use that or learn more about that. And if I can sit on a laptop all day and work from home on my couch and make a business out of that, then awesome. Let me see if I can make this happen. Jason mentioned that he knew from an early age that he wanted to sit with a laptop and work to his own schedule. This sounds like a great model, and for many people it is, but it's not for all of us. Some of us are required to work with a computer most of the day, but would rather that they did not have to. They might desire to have a little more variety in their day. WPNOP recently carried out a survey, and whilst there's no time here for a full discussion, it turns out that the WordPress community do have mental health concerns in excess of the average. I'm going to wrap this next sentence up with so many caveats, because I don't really know what it means. But I asked Jason if he thought that the kind of people who love tech are the kind of people who might not take the time to ensure that their day has enough non-screen variety in it. Yeah, I think so. I think that probably plays into it a lot. I mean, obviously, if it's mental health, a lot of that. I mean, I went through a couple of different aspects of poor mental health uh, you know, over the course of my life. And it's definitely a selfish thing. You know, you're, you're very inclusive on yourself. You become reclusive, right? Like you, you know, push everybody away or you, you kind of put up this facade that everything is okay, but in your own mind, you're like, you know, you just want to scream. And so I think it's certainly in our space, one, it's a lonely space, Right. Like, you know, we're having a conversation, you know, on this podcast, but most of the minutes of my day is me in my office with a screen in front of me. Even at a full time job, when you go to a full time job and you have that, at least you have your neighbor at the next desk or you go to lunch or you have that social interaction. When we work 
for our own businesses as whether we're freelancers or you know designers or developers in a virtual agency there's this aspect of loneliness that you have to be aware of and a lot of us are introverts and we're comfortable in that space but as humans we need that social interaction and like i said i went through a couple of different things you know i went through a real bad depression in high school when my parents were getting divorced and all that and back then i didn't even you know i was a shy kid you know i was small my nickname was runt right like i'm while i embraced that but my you know my demeanor there was very closed right and so i was in my own head thought really dark thoughts and things of that nature but it was more of of a period of time where i was really closed off and people didn't even see it really because of my nature so until a point at which my friend at that time found a note that i had written to my mother that i never delivered obviously but it was when i was gone essentially and so my friend found this note in my room and then he showed it to me he goes what's this and he kind of like talked me through some stuff and we explored some stuff because he his parents were going through a divorce. And so there was a lot of things there, a lot of common elements that we could speak to. But it was just like, you know, I'm still thankful to this day for him because that he just happened to find this note. And so it's such a selfish thing that, you know, you do these things as as people that only you know about and you think about and you dwell on and you, you know, especially nowadays, like we want to celebrate and show everybody, you know, on the Instagram and Facebook and photos and all, all these things, the great things that are happening, but we hold back the bad things. And so we dwell on them by ourselves when there's a lot of people that are going through it. And it's a tough thing. When I was at school, there was an expectation that you would be willing to mingle with the other children in your class. There were hundreds of other children and there was very little in the way of opportunity to have time alone. This is, after all, a class made of many children, and they're always occupying the same space. When I went home, though, things were different. There was no need to mingle to that extent, and I really enjoyed some quieter time. Now that I look back on it, I think that for me, I became a bit of an introvert during this time. Then. When I was older, one day school stopped and I suddenly found that I did not have the social setup forced upon me. I guess I'm talking about whether or not introverts and extroverts learn this behaviour from an early age. I had a conversation with Janelle Allen and you know she's she has a podcast. We were talking about introvert versus extrovert. What she's mentioned, and to this day is awesome, because I always called myself that I'm an introvert, right? And the fact that I'm, you know, talking with you or have two podcasts and a couple of other podcasts in the archive, you know, I'm I'm pretty front facing to the public. People are like, how are you an introvert? What she said was, you have introverted tendencies. And what that means is that you get energy by being alone, not around other people. And when she said that, I was like, oh, that's perfect because even on my wedding like it took me three days i mean we were having a room full of family and friends i knew each and every single person that was sitting there but yet at the same time there was anxiety around the fact that like yes while i am the 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 groom in this this party and most of the people are there looking at the bride and that's the center of attention but for me it was like i'm going to be the center of attention for this afternoon 
that for me is uncomfortable. I had to literally for three days, like kind of get my mind wrapped around that up until the, the point of the wedding. But, you know, and when she said this, I was like, you know what, that's exactly right. Because I do my best work when I'm home, even when I was working full time, and we had, you know, flexible time to work from home, I was more productive, right? I got more energy by just being by myself. You know, when I go to conferences now, you know, I go to the conferences, I engage and I interact and all that. But then I'm perfectly fine that once the sessions are over to go back to my room and just crash on the bed for an hour by myself. And I don't want to talk to anybody just to try to get my mind wrapped around. OK, now we're going to go to dinner or have drinks after the fact. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, the, the idea of school and having that social interaction. And then once that's done, it's like especially for a lot of people, I hear it all the time in my feast community. It's a membership community where the developers and designers in there talk about like, I want to be at my desk in front of the screen and I don't want to talk to anybody. We're all kind of in that technology space for a reason. We enjoy getting that energy by ourselves. We're more productive. We're essentially more effective when we're by ourselves, but we still need that interaction. There's tons of us out there. And that's that's why I try to foster in Feast is that there's a community there of everybody that's very like-minded, very behavioral driven in the same way. And so if you're struggling with something, maybe somebody else went over, encountered that same thing. And how can we solve that together? And to your point, I think it is. I think it's it's something that what we do in as business owners, specifically in the technology space, the WordPress space, things of that nature, it's it's it can be very polarizing. It can be, you know, you're by yourself or you're with a team. But at the same time, you, I feel that you do have to be uncomfortable in social interactions and putting yourself in social interactions just to get you know, that human, the, the native human aspect of us being social creatures on this planet into your body. I wonder how many of you, when asked the question, what do you really want to do tonight? Would answer with something like, I'd just like to stay in. I know that I feel this way sometimes. Many people feel like this most of the time, and would rather stay in close proximity with those that they know well, or even by themselves. Is this healthy though? If you're drawn to solitude, is this something that you need to be mindful of? Something that you need to guard against? Do we need to ensure that sometimes, even if it's just once in a while, we force ourselves out of our bubble and go and seek some interaction? A trick that I've learned over the years is to just ask questions and be curious, even in social situations. A lot of times I think I'm in a mastermind group, we're virtual, but then we had a, a meetup and like, I was like, I even told my wife, I'm like, oh, I mean, I talk to these people through video chat, but that's like an hour every other week or whatever it is. And like, now we're going to be in a, the same place for a weekend. So like, what is that going to look like? <laughs> I don't know if I could talk to these people about things. And so just to be able to have a conversation, it meaning ask questions, be curious, it goes a long way in breaking that ice. As Troy Dean always says, it's always great to see that people have legs. All we know is like from our chest up, 
you know, with their avatars or even on video and, and, you know, video chats and such. And just to be able to, you know, you mentioned WordCamps is that, you know, I, I spoke at WordCamp New York. It was funny. At that time, I had a podcast. It was called, I was a co-host on the podcast. It was called WP Dev Table, where it was just a bunch of geeks talking tools and, and dev and code and all the rest of it. And I, that was kind of like my first podcast that I that I was managing, hosting. Um, and so somebody came up to me in the hallway chat right outside the men's room and said, hey, you're Jason, aren't you? I'm like, uh, yes. <laughs> They're like, oh, I love your podcast. I'm like, oh, well, thank you very much. You know, like, but it, it was just an icebreaker there because it was like, oh, okay, this person, I, I had no idea who this person was, right? Like being a podcast host, you don't know who everybody that listens to the show unless they reach out. But, you know, I had no idea. And it was just like this, this way of which, like you said, they're a carbon copy of you. And he was essentially a carbon copy of me that was just two years behind where I was. And like, he was like, Hey, I'm starting to get into WooCommerce. And he was just asking me questions. And it was a nice icebreaker there because it was like, he recognized just me from the podcast, but you know, you could just go up to somebody in the hallway chat and say, Hey, you're so-and-so from whatever plugin, or I heard you on this podcast as a guest or, you know, that kind of a thing, just to break that ice and then go into the conversation. During the chat that Jason and I had had before we hit record, we discussed the fact that he had gone through periods of depression. So I wanted to dig a little deeper into that. So to give some context, I asked Jason to give us a background into when he first recalls feeling depressed. Yeah, I mean, as I mentioned earlier on with in high school, I at that time I didn't know it was depression, but it was just me you know, it was depression, not like now looking back on it and actually having conversations with other people, it was just a bad one. Um, and it was the stem from it was I felt torn between my parents, like their divorce affected me in a way that I didn't know at that time. And I went to dark places about running away and, and other and even worse, you know, and so it was more of a of a thing where it was like, OK, I got through that how can I reflect on that so that that doesn't happen again? My nature, I'm, I lean more towards the pessimist side. I, my wife calls me a pessimist. I call myself a realist. You know, it, for me, it was, I, at such an early age, I knew that I wanted that time freedom, that flexibility and all that, that was ingrained in my head. And so as I progressed into adulthood in the early 2000s, I went, I got laid off. Uh, there was that dot-com implosion when all those startups basically you know went under i was laid off from my job and so i said hey i'm a web developer i have a skill that people want maybe this is my time to try that less than two years later i had to go get another job because i had rent to pay and all that and while my skills were fine my development skills my business skills were lacking and so i realized that i had to learn a lot about sales and marketing and all that but then jump forward to 2010 i struck out on my own I was doing freelance and full-time, and it got to a point where there was only about two or three hours of sleep a day, um, and it was a tipping point at which, like, hey, here's your time to do this stuff, so let go of the full-time, and let's go ahead and try this. And it was just shy of two years into that, I hit this wall again, where I felt very much on a hamster wheel, struggling to, you know, I was like, I felt like I was hitting a ceiling 
And I wasn't really sure what, what that was, but I really started to close off. And right at that time, I asked my future wife to be my wife. Uh, a month later, I told her, I said, I think this whole thing of me doing my own thing is is a pipe dream. I think I got to go back and get a full-time job because I'm, at that when I had that conversation with her, it was complete burnout. You know, I felt like I was burning the candle at both ends, not, and I didn't want to bring her into that world. If it was just me sitting in my apartment trying to figure out how to keep the cable on, that was fine. But I didn't want her to go through that. And so, you know, I, she looked at me and she was like, look, uh, I know that that's not what you want, so we'll figure it out. And I was just like, wait a second, what? Like, she's the rock. She's the one that wants predictability. She wants the stability and all that. She's always asking me like, hey, what's our plan? And those kind of things. And she's telling me the complete opposite of what I thought. But she was there to support me in my dream and knew, knew that at this point in time, half my life was focused in on this. And so I was like, I got to try to figure this out in some way, right? Like, But the thing was, for me, it was like, one, I had to recognize where my headspace was and I was completely burnt. I needed a break. And then it was a reflection on how do I fix this? Like, how do I still go all along the the dream. And that was more of, you know, figuring out how to become a specialist and and build predictable income and things of that nature. But the burnout, the, the symptoms, if you will, are usually when I feel very overwhelmed. Like the initial signs for me are feeling of overwhelm, feeling that I end each day that it ha- wasn't a productive day, even though let's say I did 17 different things and always thinking like, I got to keep working. Uh, I got to get that next thing or something of that. And those are really my early signs. And that was only because I started reflecting on that after I had that conversation with her. I literally sat on the couch for hours at night. I wasn't sleeping at that time. My head, my brain just would not rest. But to a point where it was like, I got to reflect on what's happening in my own world, almost from remove myself from my body and look at me for as a person, you know, and it was a weird, it's kind of hard to describe, but it was just really a lot of self-awareness of where I was at and what I was thinking, what were my physical behaviors. I mean, I was drinking, you know, things of that nature where it was just like, I was trying to escape, but knowing that I couldn't. Jason mentioned that he's been able to understand his depression by being introspective, spending time alone with himself and giving himself the time to reflect and take stock. I was curious about whether or not he had also sought support from elsewhere, perhaps through a friend or an external service. I would say about 90% of it was me figuring it out and talking with my wife and friends and stuff the thing with me was that like i've and i I said early on that there's a lot of different camps that i blend and for me i've always been a student of human behavior Uh, i have a minor in psychology from college which just happenstance i didn't even know until i got the diploma and i they said i had enough credits for the minor Uh, it was just an interesting class that i just kept on going right and i realized like, hey, if I'm going to figure this out, I kind of need to understand me and get out of my own way a little bit and try to analyze myself. And not that I'm a psychologist or anything of that nature, but it was important for me to try to figure out these things so that it didn't repeat. And so, you know, for me, uh, you know, the the other 10% was friends, 
Yes, there was no professional help per se. While I did talk to professionals, there wasn't any ongoing monthly visits or anything of that nature. It was more of just like, hey, uh, I'm thinking about this, you know, like, what's your thoughts, you know, and those kind of casual conversations just through connections of other people that I had met. And so, yeah, most of it was pretty autonomous. I didn't really think about that until you today, <laughs> to be honest. For me, it's it's just self-awareness. A lot of it is, and that's always, for me, my nature of things is like, I've learned based off of that early time period when my parents were going through a divorce is that what came out of that depression stage of my life was, I don't have control over everything. There's just some things that you have to let go of. There are other people and other human beings and other relationships in your life that you can't know what's going on in their own head. It's impossible. And the relationship needs to evolve in that way where you are two individuals, but the relationship between you that is strong and can grow and nurture, that is a two-sided street. It needs to be both ways. And so for me, it's like, okay, when I run into a problem where I'm struggling, I, I say, okay, wait a second. Is this something I can control? If I can't really affect anything, then I have to let it happen or only work on the things that I can control. And that allows, that basically gives me permission to say, okay, whatever, <laughs> you know, if, if you know what I mean. And like, that has helped me through a lot of difficult situations over the years. Similarly in business, I can only suggest certain things to clients. It's their prerogative to take that suggestion and run with it or not. And, you know, if it comes down to, you know, a conversation, even with my sister, my, me and my sister are black and white, cat and dog, like oil and water. Like we are two ends of the spectrum and we've <laughs> fought tooth and nail. I mean, when my wife was dating, she, she even said like, I don't understand how you guys are even related. <laughs> right. And like, I know when she's going to start going down the rabbit holes that trigger off certain emotions in me. And I say, well, that's her rabbit hole. Let me not go down that and bring it back to the original conversation that we were talking about. And so it's, it's a way and it's a mechanism that I use nowadays is like, hey, who has control of what in this problem or situation or struggle or conversation? Just worry about yourself at this point in time. So Jason has explained some of the mechanisms that he uses to recognize and deal with depression, and they seem to be working for him. Jason is trying to assist other freelancers to understand themselves better so that they might be able to smooth out some of the problems that may cause anxiety. He's trying to help people in their businesses so that things are more predictable. Does this mean that Jason has himself overcome all of his struggles? At some point in time, I'm struggling. I think everybody does, even in business, as a business owner. Obviously, I've righted the ship and it's going in the direction that I want it to go in. Uh, I have predictable income. I know that you know our house is going to be paid for, our bills are going to be paid for, we have food on the table, we could take vacations, those kind of things. I've built the business to do that. But my goals for the business shift they change things of that nature. I mean, I, you know, for almost a decade, I've been doing services work. And while I'll always do services work, the goal has shifted 
much since my son, my first son was born to, I want to help as many other people realize that their dreams and their goals, because that was a goal of mine to have that time, freedom and flexibility to hear his first words and see his first steps. And while that has happened for me, how do I help other people? Because I don't feel that I'm anything special. It's just, I figured out my path. And if there are other people on a similar path, maybe I can help them. And so my business is kind of in a transition where I'd like to split the business, right? And have services, but also have time and leveraged assets to do more coaching and be a part of the feast community in a broader sense, bring more developers and designers into that ecosystem to help them build a business that they want, right? Because ultimately they didn't build the business to work more or be in this like torment, right? They built it because they either want to spend time with their family or they do want to travel or they want to work on certain kinds of projects. Whatever that thing is, I want to help as many people to do that as I possibly can. At some point, Jason mentioned that he's now a father. Having children is a life-changing moment. It brings new pleasures and new pressures. I wondered what it had brought into Jason's life. Focus. I don't even know what I was looking at before. I thought it was focused before he was born, but like, it, I don't know, like, it, and it's funny, I mentioned Troy before we had a conversation because he just had his first son uh, right around the same time I had mine. And we both said the same thing. We were like, I don't know what I was doing beforehand. Like now I sit down at, at, at the keyboard, I am super focused on doing what I need to do. And once that's done, then I get up. That's good because time, you know, we, we were talking before the podcast about sleeping and all that other stuff. Like time is the most valuable asset for me. I don't want to sit 16 hours a day at this desk. I have specific hours of the day. Now I have my second son and, you know, I have a split schedule where I work in the morning, usually around 630 or seven to about 11. And then I stop. I give my wife a break. She goes and does her her work uh, for a couple of hours and then comes back and then I go back to work for the afternoon and I stop at dinner time. That structure and that constraint, if you will, has allowed me to really be hyper focused on what's important for the business. One of the purposes of the Press Forward podcast is to lift the lid on topics that don't get talked about often enough, to allow people to share their stories so that others might listen, and by listening they may gain an understanding that they're not alone. There are other people out there who have faced the same situations that you are facing. They have found a way through and can offer support to you on your journey. Maybe that person is already in your life, but they might not be. And that's what WPNOP is here for, to connect you with the support that you need. So, if you are able to, please help us so that we may continue to support the WordPress community. You can donate at wpnop.org forward slash donate. The Press Forward podcast is brought to you today by Green Geeks, 
GreenGeeks offers a specially engineered platform that gives WordPress users web hosting that is designed to be the fastest, most secure and scalable hosting available in multiple data centers. Their WordPress hosting makes deploying and managing WordPress websites easy with automatic one-click install, managed updates, real-time security protection, SSD RAID 10 storage arrays, power cacher, and expert support 24-7 to make for the best web hosting experience. And we thank Green Geeks for their support of the Press Forward podcast. Right, that's it for this week. Please let us know if you're enjoying the podcast, if you find it useful or helpful. You can reach out at wpnop.org forward slash contact. There's a serious point to all of this though, and that is that WPNOP is here to provide help and support. That help is available to you or the people you know, and can be easily accessed at the wpnop.org website. Please spread the word about this podcast. Tell your friends and subscribe on your favourite podcast player. And remember that together we can hashtag press forward. <laughs>